0: Hello. Hello. How How you you doing? doing? So good. Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three slash four birth professionals. And best friends. And we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. Whereas we like to say it's a lot more shit than giggles. I'm Kim
1: Haynes, midwife at Linden Tree Midwifery in Strasburg, Virginia.
0: I'm Meredith Roth,
2: also midwife at Linden Tree Midwifery.
0: And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula for clients in and out of the hospital and a birth assistant with you guys at Linden Tree Midwifery. And we have a very special guest today. Can you introduce yourself, special guest?
3: Sure. Hi, everybody. My name's Misty Ward, and I'm a midwife about an hour south of Linden Tree, and I own Brookhaven Birth Center yep do you want to know anything else about me yeah all good? about
1: you keep going
0: so oh. what kind of midwife are you did you say that did you say I did your... not so yeah. I'm a
3: certified professional midwife I've been licensed in Virginia since 2010 and I opened my birth center that year and I also happen to be the president of the Virginia Birth Center Alliance vice president of the American Association of Birth Centers and here to talk to you about some other work that I'm doing on the side we're
1: excited Yes, can I ask a few more questions about you, Misty? Go for it. How many children do you have? Oh, I have three children. Where did you have them?
3: Ooh, I did the whole range of birth options. So um, the first one, I was actually planning an unassisted birth.
1: (laughs) Really? Is this when you had dreads before I knew you? Yes,
3: yeah. And um, last minute, long story, we ended up going to the hospital, and I had a male physician deliver her. (laughs)
2: although i did the work (laughs) question mark did you do prenatal care i like the hesitation with her i did prenatal
3: care with this practice the intention was just to not go in not go in for labor were you a
1: midwife at this point Uh, no. no no okay okay
3: no but i knew i wanted to be a midwife i just wasn't i was in college still doing what my parents wanted me to do which was to oh. become a school teacher oh
1: god yeah <laughs> <laughs>
3: so. ah, 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 ah. with
2: children like children that right. sounds terrible i know, I know. but well, children that aren't your children <laughs> sounds like the worst <laughs> job in the world but we
0: appreciate so much teachers, respect though. so much respect because we can never do it well. my sister's a teacher. Ooh.
3: I made it to like practicums, and then I was like, I actually don't like children that can talk. (laughs) (laughs) babies are my jam. (laughs) At all,
1: I don't even like them. Babies, they preferably the ones that don't cry, like Eliza. Right. (laughs) So you, so how was how was that? Like, was it an okay Um, experience?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a drug-free labor in birth and I had an amazing doula, Melanie Copeland, and my Aww, sister. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. She's been with me. F- well, she was supposed to be with me for all my kids' births, but I uh, Yeah, so it was it was actually a good experience and of all the physicians at that particular hospital, he's actually one of my favorites as far as when I have to go in. If I see him, I'm I'm happy about it. Uh, so then the second one was a planned home birth. Um, and all of these births, by the way, were back when uh, CPMs were illegal in Virginia. So I would have had a planned home birth with a midwife had they been licensed and easy to find.
1: Right. But we're dangerous humans, so. All
3: well, right. And there were some CNMs that were doing home births back then. But actually, a few refused to take me
1: because I was a primip.
0: Seriously? Yes. Wow. Picky, Interesting. Picky, picky, picky. Yeah.
2: Actually,
1: we recently had someone ask. Was it you? Somebody asked at a consult if we would even take her. Oh, it was someone that called me. I didn't know if you would even take me because I'm a first-time mom, and I was told that you midwives don't like us.
2: I think there's ah. a couple CPMs yeah. who are refusing Prime or no. say, and but they the say they are but then in practice the I don't fact know if they actually a potential are. client put it that way made me giggle yeah that's
1: <laughs> funny
3: well the midwife that one of the midwives that refused to take me with my first once i did become a licensed midwife she actually called me up for some advice and she i was said, like oh i'm
2: sorry i don't i don't know the answer to that <laughs> <laughs> well what
3: she should the advice she gave me was don't do prime don't do breaches and stay under the radar
2: Hmm. and then you opened a birth. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> right.
3: two months later like thanks yeah. and I'm that thing isn't a that sad
1: though like oh, we need to yeah. come way 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 up into the radar is right. what needs to happen yeah. which well, is what this
2: episode's about
3: oh sorry
1: if you don't take prime then all you get is a uh, multi vbacks
3: i mean really you know we're just increasing our chances of that of the people having a bad experience the first time and then coming exactly. to a higher mm-hmm. risk, you exactly higher risk exactly
0: yep The first experience matters, and so we've all done births together in some way or the other at some point in time over the
2: years. Well, so she has another baby. She hasn't. Oh, Oh, sorry. more babies. Oh, okay. Sorry. Keep on. (laughs) Just cut me off. Keep on going. Okay,
3: so the second one was a planned home birth because I could. uh, The midwife was still illegal, but I, I was able to find someone, and that baby was born at my mother's home. Because she had a nicer bathtub than I did. So <laughs> That's important. It is it's really yeah. important. I've never actually had a home birth in my own home because of that reason. So then the third one was after I was a licensed midwife and I had the birth center and I had a birth center birth.
1: Oh, you had him at
0: Brookhaven? I did. Oh. At the Willow Sweet. How did I not know that? Because we were pregnant at the same time. We were. Yeah. so funny. Oh, I remember the story. And you had like a lot of people at that birthday, oh, didn't yeah. you? Mm-hmm. I'm a
3: party birther. Yeah. All my births, I've invited as many people as I could. And I love it that way. Party yeah. birth.
2: Everyone come party give me birth. attention. <laughs> <laughs> right?
3: <laughs> but don't touch me. <laughs> or
0: look at me. Or,
2: <laughs> just, or talk. Just face the wall, but be there.
3: Right. <laughs> and feed me that's my primary concern (laughs) that's important too that's very
0: important um yeah so we've all done births together in some capacity over or the other in some point throughout the years and so this episode has a very definite purpose
2: unlike many of our episodes recently Yeah.
0: yeah we're not just here to like bullshit and you know talk about random things right now um so why don't you tell us a little bit about what this episode is and why we're here
3: Sure. So, um, honestly, I kind of tricked you guys into giving me a platform to talk about what I wanted to talk about today. <laughs> there, <laughs> there, was no there was no trick. <laughs> no trick. We're fine with
2: it. Nope. No. Sorry. You brought wine, so it's whatever.
3: I called in the friend card and um, asked Kim if uh, I could be on the show to talk about... Um, a group I'm working with, where we are trying to change a ridiculous and outdated law for CPMs. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you know CPMs were illegal back when I was having my first two children. Well, we've been licensed since 2006, and unfortunately, since then, we have been restricted from carrying, prescribing, or administering medications, even those that we are trained and certified to use.
1: Yeah, because this is there's a difference between our national allowance, essentially. And our so like certification versus licensure, right? And then the the state licensure, which because when I moved here from Florida and hooked up with you just to help before I was licensed because you were crazy busy, right? And I was like, you can't what. You can't use what? You can't use oxygen. You can't use Pitocin. You can't do vitamin. What are you talking about? And you're like, yeah, oh, welcome back to Virginia. Do you and know I just me states
2: not. With CPMs who allow meds. Do you know that number? All but two. Us
3: what? Arkansas. Oh. Mm. oh. Wah, wah.
2: So yeah. do
1: you think, and maybe I'm just jumping into like the political standpoint, but do you think that part of the reason we don't have meds currently is because people have been afraid to open the law and oh. have other things change? along with giving us more permissions? Absolutely. Can I ask that question? Oh, yeah, that's a good question.
3: (laughs) Actually, yeah, that one's not Yeah, taboo. Um, Yeah, so when this whole law came about in 2006, it was only at the last minute that they restricted the meds.
2: And all the midwives are like kind of snuck in right at the last minute. Yeah,
3: Basically, I guess the legislators told them, hey, the AMA has a real problem with this and they're going to pull support unless you pull out the meds. And so all these midwives just had like 10 minutes to make a decision. Do we pull oh our bill? God. It's about to pass after years and years and years mm-hmm. of trying to get licensure or, you know, do we come back up? next year or do we just give yeah. this up and then we'll fix it later?
1: Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> well, it's been later Ten plus
3: years
2: later. later So you held to that later
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, it was a little <laughs> bit too much later
3: for my uh, Were well, they just like
2: sober now at that point They're like, oh, we'll deal with this We'll let the next generation of midwives <laughs> deal with this
3: No, I mean, it's come around I mean, there's a lot of people that have worked really hard on this And it's just cycled on um, the route we've gone and, and how we've tried to go about doing it And who the leadership was at the time I mean, back in the day I don't know if you know Darren and Bryn they were on the midwifery advisory board they were very involved in state legislation and they worked so hard on this and we just got shot down again and again and a lot of the midwives like you said it is um they're concerned that if they opened our law that we might lose some of our amazing privileges i mean in
1: virginia we're lucky our law is awesome it's yes it's it's tiny (laughs) it's there's a thin book of law which yeah. gives us a lot of
2: yeah the other which thing is, is within our certification right it's not like right. we're like doing things we shouldn't be doing no 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 but there's but, other states that aren't as lucky in it's terms unfortunate of because parts you of the law.
1: like we get warned as students like if you think this is bad wait until your midwife we're all like pshaw but so now we have all these women that are midwives and we don't have time either yeah put true. into like i don't know how you're doing it kim and the women that you mentioned earlier which was before i became licensed like where does the time come from to even put it in to change the law in the first place
2: I have, I have that's no a rhetorical idea. question. She's like, I don't, uh, I don't know. It doesn't exist. We create it.
3: I uh, haven't fed my children dinner in weeks. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, they're old exactly. enough. To, I mean, most of them are old enough to fit for themselves at this point. I'm pretty point. sure my
3: eight-year-old's living off of Cheerios and Takis right now. God. I feel like that's oh, most talkies. kids'
2: diets anyway. So I want to rewind a
0: little bit and talk about exactly, like, which meds we're talking about. Because we haven't mentioned that yet. I got a text message and I zoned out for a minute. But And um, Jess is the person who keeps us on track. I usually so. do. And I, like, came back and I was like, wait a second. Second, I forgot what we were talking about. Yeah, because it's not yeah. like
1: we're asking for pain relief
0: yeah.
2: medication. We're not like or doing epidurals. No, 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 no. no. So no, what, I what take, is it? I would take nitrous anyway. Yes, day. <laughs> I have heard good things. I feel like nitrous is moving forward quicker than everything oh, else. Yeah.
0: And in other countries, like in Canada and the UK and stuff, they use nitrous whether at home or in the hospital. Yeah.
3: There's multiple states that CPMs can
2: actually mm-hmm. use nitrous. Yeah.
1: Um, Blended for the record. Don't right. buy it at
2: a shop. Yeah. We, <laughs> Not yeah, you would think you would have to tell people that, but you'd be but shocked. You, you actually I do. I actually <laughs>
0: attended my first birth ever a couple weeks ago where she used nitrous. And it's the first time I've ever done that because no hospitals around here have offered it at all. I was going to say, it's not normal for this area. We're going to get the emails about the
1: effects on women with MTHFR after this We definitely (laughs) are going to,
0: but hey, that's what informed consent is about. Exactly. But that's not, so, but we're not even talking about nitrous. So the list of meds that we're talking about is actual life-saving medications, medications that help prevent, like, save your life if something's going wrong. So why don't we have like give a list of some of those medications and what they're used for?
3: Sure. Yeah. So right now we are trying to get access. Well, actually, so here's the thing. We don't want to name specific drugs. I mean, we will name the drugs, yes. but I'm going to say, we're not trying to say only these things. Exactly. Right. What we want is anything that's within the scope of a CPM. Of our practice, of your practice. But for my practice. example, well, the ones that are currently sort of being discussed would be oxygen, mm-hmm. uh Rho-Gam, uh, Pitocin, Cytotec, which is also called misoprostol, vitamin K, <laughs> erythromycin, <laughs> mm-hmm. IV fluids. Lidocaine, yeah, mm-hmm. IV fluids and um, IV antibiotics for GBS positive.
0: So Pitocin and uh, Cytotec are used to stop or prevent postpartum hemorrhage.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, as That's what we use IV fluids for as well. Um, vitamin K is to help with a rare blood clotting disorder. So it's... And using oxygen can just help babies who are having a hard time to not have a hard time. And these are the
2: same meds that are used to prevent or treat these situations in the hospital also. Yeah. Oftentimes what we use them, we use them in like, for their steroids, they'll use it much smaller doses. And there's obviously limitations to that as well, to what we can use out of hospital versus what's used in in hospital. But these are things that are used on a regular basis in births. Yeah. So
1: to me, it's like, okay, so the law passed. And they said, hey, you CPMs can help w- people have their babies. But not safely.
2: But not yes, safely. But not in a way and that's so, going to prevent complications should they arise. Right.
1: And so essentially they're saying, well, if you explain to your potential clients that you can't save their lives in a, in a moment of need and they mm-hmm. still feel brave enough to sign on, then have at it. Right. And it's like. That's Can, irrational. Okay.
2: And not going to move forward midwifery in the United States in any way, shape, or form. It's and there's, a massive limitation. There's like,
1: this is a rabbit hole. We could go down all the political reasons, all the ridiculous reasons. It's not like we're taking clients from the hospital. They do hundreds of month. It's, It's literally just to keep us from practicing in hopes that they don't, people don't think that we're safe. Which right. that's my take on it. There's also
2: a lot of I feel like a lot of misunderstanding about what it is that CPMs do out of hospitals. So a lot of it I'm sure is coming from a lack of awareness or understanding, and it's frustrating because I know there's lots of midwives out there have attempted to make it more apparent what's going on in the hospital, but there's been absolutely no interest in better understanding what we do yeah, from how, the
0: other side. How many times have we transferred to the hospital and they're like, "You take heart oh, tones. You listen to the baby's heartbeat at births. Oh wait, yeah.
3: or this one." Do you like keep a chart or something?
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. Whenever they see our charts, they're like, "Oh, okay." Oh, you wrote it
3: down. Or even if you like give, re-
2: <laughs> even when you give report, they're like, "Oh, oh, you know, oh, you know, know how to give report?"
1: What? And for the record, I just want to say because the people are so confused by this, but we do not use pitocin
2: to induce to
1: induce labor at all ever. No. It's it's simply we only
2: use emergency medications in those for situations for anti hemorrhage.
1: Like the end.
0: And so another really ridiculous thing we were talking about before we started recording was that this isn't even like, so the meds we've been talking about, like oxygen, and that kind of stuff, they could be prescribed medications. But you said it's even a blanket of like if we hand a mom an ibuprofen after the birth, like right. over-the-counter meds. That you
2: could give to a friend when they're hungover. Yeah, Eat which I no do all problem. the time. Oh. Ken, Please get me an ibuprofen. Take this for ibuprofen and drink this wine. Jess is a, I have to say, if you guys don't know about Jess, that's her superpower is she will make you wake up at 4 a.m. with a handful of ibuprofen and a glass of wine and be like, do this for yourself, please. And we do. And we we feel much better the next morning. Like they ask like, well then
1: obviously you can't carry these medications for a reason. So Missy, if I took that vitamin K and injected it into myself, like how high would I get? Zero high. (laughs) What about IV fluids? What if you like pump them through my veins? You would be so
2: hydrated. You You might
1: eventually. No, you wouldn't die because there's sodium
3: in the IV fluids. (laughs) I don't know. Nothing would. You would get fat. You would would get
2: so bloated. You would blow up
1: like a tick. So none of the drugs, none of the medications we're asking for are mind altering. They can't be
0: abused. And they're not controlled medications. At all. Yeah, well in Virginia,
3: Why? I guess they're controlled. I don't understand the legalese yes. of it at all. They're controlled because, but but it's not
0: like controlled. It's not like controlled meds, like uh, what it's they give you in the hospital when you go, and they're like, "Would you like some fentanyl in your Would IV?" You like Which some we give fentanyl. out like candy anyway. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which,
1: but you can't have it when you walk in if you test positive for an opioid. That's a CPS call. But they'll give you an opioid once you get there. Exactly. None of it makes sense. None of it make at it all makes sense. I can't. No. Yeah. But my point. I think that's too, the point of this episode.
2: That is. It definitely it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make
1: sense. Um, and earlier I was saying uh, before we started, like I know if my husband were an addict, which he's not, I could carry um, Narcan. Narcan, but we're not even allowed to have um, what? Shoot. My brain's turning off. because I got all worked up. Yeah. We're, we're drinking wine for
2: the first time in a long in time when recording. We so we've gotten like, rusty.
1: I'm not allowed to give someone a shot of, of, of their own EpiPen. If they should have some sort of reaction, like
0: Why? So that's the thing is that history and time has proven that women are going to give birth out of the hospital regardless of what the laws are because that's why we eventually got to the point where CPMs were passed because we literally had underground railroads of like people would be like, hey, I want to give birth. Out of the <laughs> hospital. Oh, yeah. And they'd be like, Well, we gotta make sure that you're credible. It was like you were trying to find a drug dealer. Yeah, totally. I know. And totally. then eventually they work theirselves through like the underground network of birth professionals until they finally find someone that's like, So, uh, I deliver babies outside of the hospital. You looking you looking for <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's
1: like baby the United States of America has proven again and again if you make something illegal, yeah, people
0: will stop doing it. But so then it's oh, like, wait, never mind. if you make it legal, <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, never mind. So it's like, people are going to give birth outside of the hospital no matter what. And so it's like, is it actually about making it as safe as possible? And that's the whole point of this episode is that it's not.
2: Yeah, it's about control and misperception about what of hospital providers do and shutting down all of hospital midwives, which has been going on since the dawn of time.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so one of the things, it's like, it's not even a question of like safety versus not safety or, you know, are we in the scope or out of the scope? So when you look at meds like Rogam, which has nothing to do with anything except for the mom and the baby's compatibility blood wise, and I'm not going to get into Not even
0: for that baby, for a for, for, for later possible babies. future pregnancy. So it's just
1: a shot that we, standard of cares for moms to get if the blood, anyway, it's, I'm not even going to get into that part, but the point is we don't gain anything from that we personally gain nothing it doesn't help us or hurt us it's just it for the welfare
2: of the client or patient right
1: of their future baby so midwives give a continuity of care which means we see the moms from the time that they pee on that stick until they leave after the six-week postpartum so we do their labs and we're with them for the birth so on and so on you guys all know this stuff but so if you need a shot that has nothing to do with like how your mind is feeling how your body is feeling it just protects future babies why do you have to walk into the emergency room during covid even and
2: say hey i wait and four for, to 12 hours right it
1: doesn't make any sense and some people can get a prescription but then they have to give it themselves right. who wants to give themselves a shot so something like Rogam it that doesn't even have to do with the safety of birth That's the well-being of their future baby that their midwife is just trying to be there with them to help them with the shot it it's ludicrous like when you think of it that way it, it literally doesn't make any sense other than and the, the same, complete control of what we can and can't do the same do. thing's
0: true for pitocin or Cytotech or oxygen like it gives us no benefit other than like they would never want to have people give birth in hospitals without having that available because they know complications can happen so they're basically saying we trust you enough to deliver babies but we don't have tools. Like you can't have the tools you need to do it safely. So do it unsafely. Should
2: should things not be perfectly straightforward well and are they trying
3: to prove their own point yes. let's, let's limit your ability to practice safely so that then we can say we told you we yeah. told you, you weren't we safe. told you this was <laughs> scary like
2: we're right. the first to say that we trust birth but also we recognize that there are outliers and there's things that can happen and we want to be prepared for that you can still trust birth and be well prepared and well informed Wait a mm-hmm.
3: I would darn well expect my midwife to show up with some life-saving medications at my birth mm-hmm. I and mean, that's what I'm hiring yeah. Her for. Right. yeah
0: and, and there are are lots of people because this isn't to say like, like we want to overuse them because we do have a lot of clients who come to us and are like, we would prefer to use tinctures first for post for postpartum hemorrhage. Like we would prefer to do X, Y and Z before trying any kind of medication because most of our clients are wanting to avoid medication. But at the end of the day, like if you're having a postpartum hemorrhage, like having medications that can stop that is going to save lives in the end
1: right yeah and we can tell a couple stories about like it's just if you birth out of the hospital like transfer is usually the number one like what what's your worst fear transfer you know why well because of the way i'm going to be treated because of the way the hospital is so if we can do something as simple as start an iv yeah and then not transfer then I mean that saves the hospital it saves us you know what i'm saying yeah. like
2: it just doesn't it, doesn't it does not save sense. the hospital money though. it doesn't <laughs> save
1: them money but boy do they get angry mm-hmm. when you bring people in mm-hmm. how dare you are in our institution more
3: money which is ultimately what they want well and i'd like to take this back to not even just meds about safety necessarily but standard and evidence-based like for example erythromycin yeah we mm-hmm. are actually required by law by law to administer erythromycin and vitamin K within two hours of birth as maternity care providers. However, we are also restricted from carrying, prescribing, or administering those same two medications. So we're damned if we do and we damned if we don't. We are breaking the law either way. Mm -hmm. And why wouldn't we, you know, have this if it's
1: required? Right. It's a, why would you not be able, I mean, you can buy antibacterial ointment over the counter.
3: They also
2: give it out to parents and home birth kit packets West in West Virginia.
3: Yep. Well, yeah. and you can go to, what is it? The farm bureau and get it for your cat.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, you can.
3: I've had some clients ask me, well, my husband's got some Pitocin for the cows. Oh and, my
2: uh, God. Is it the same stuff? I'm like,
3: I, no. ma'am, I don't want to
2: know. So, no, I just think we should get back
3: on
0: track. Let's switch tracks. Um, And let's talk a little bit about, so what, The midwives that you're working with, what are you guys doing to help change this law? What has been stopping you guys from getting momentum? What's your
1: website? What's your stuff? And what can we do
0: to help? And what can other people, because this is not just about birth professionals, like people in the community who want access to home birth and who want access to meds can really make a difference too.
3: Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, really what we need to do over the next few months is convince our legislators to vote for the law that we are going to be introducing. So Uh, Right now, the hard work is we've been hashing out the details of the law that we want to, um, what's the word, submit, whatever. (laughs) So we've been editing the wording. Proposed. Proposed legislation, that's the word. Um, So we've been working on the wording of that. Uh, We've also created a website, um, which is a really great resource for, you know, families, supporters, other midwives, and legislators. And that, of course, is... What is the? It is virginiamidwife.org. And actually, we will be linking this podcast to that site as like well. Like Virginia as, spelled out or VA? Yes, Virginia okay. spelled out. Cool. And, I, and just be careful because there's a virginiamidwives.org, which is a it is a midwifery group in Virginia that is a part of this group, but it is not the specific website that we so are So say it with. again Virginia Midwife.
2: Singular with an S
1: org we'll say it again
2: not at the with end. a ph <laughs> <laughs> what, even that? though we are midwif <laughs> is calling
0: so m- midwives have been legal in virginia or cpm specifically since 2006 yes and so this law has remained unchanged up until now so that's like a lot of 17 years, years basically. and i know we touched on it a little bit but it was like it was just really difficult to get enough momentum and to get people to try and change it. And so now we're coming to a precipice and more people are choosing out of hospital care now than ever before. And so it's like we
1: COVID. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what this along those lines, like, I don't know if you can answer these questions off the top of your head. Most midwives can, but when we're talking about safety at home, the C-section rate, for example, across the country is like, 38% or something ridiculous, right?
3: Gross, yeah. Yeah,
1: so you, Misty, and with Brookhaven, what is your transfer rate, would you say? Oh, well, that fluctuates year to year.
3: Just ish. Between 10 and 15%.
0: Okay, so while... Which is what the World Health Organization recommends. kind of recommends. Yeah. So that's the
1: transfer, not the so, C-section. Yes.
0: Right, that's right, right, right. So I'm getting things, to yeah. that oh, part. Okay. So
1: my point is, when we're looking at safety in birth, mm-hmm. we only take low-risk moms. So if you compare what we are doing, <laughs> um, if 38%, 38 out of 100 women in this country are having their babies cut out, you, Misty Ward, are only transferring 10 to 15 out of 100 then what's your c-section rate so it averages around five percent
3: what uh, yeah. our best year Ching. ever was actually 2020 and we only had one cesarean out of 96 deliveries what? which one percent just, she just be backed a couple oh of weeks ago awesome. awesome.
1: redemption that's amazing yep. but, redemption so birds. the point of that is like To prove that we're not trying to be these like vigilante out of hospital shooting off firework people. We're just trying to keep people safer than what they already are birthing with us.
2: With the resources that so many midwives already have available in the states. All the
1: way across the country. There's only two states and we're one of them that don't allow CPMs.
0: And I think specifically because the studies on out of hospital birth overwhelmingly show it to be safe. Correct. But. Since our law has been this way for so long, we now have these statistics to show what are our transfer rates, what are our C-section rates, what are mat- maternal mortality, what is our infant mortality. And so if anything, like midwifery in Virginia has given itself more credit by the fact that we have been practicing without legal access to meds for this many years mm-hmm. and we still have the outcomes we do. So mm-hmm. we'll have even better outcomes if we can have access to meds to make birth safer right we're just
1: making it safer than it already is and improving our statistics and our outcomes more than they already are and I don't think that's a lot to ask I think that's just common sense right
3: Well, interestingly enough, and this is definitely a plug for um, all midwives to either join MANA Stats, which they newly introduced and launched a platform, uh, and PDR, which is through American Association of Birth Centers, so that we have the stats and we have the data. But Missy Chaney, she's a PhD uh, university professor out in Oregon. She worked on MANA Stats for many, many years, and she knows the outcomes Mm -hmm. in Virginia because a lot of midwives have submitted that data and she recently published a study that was looking at complication rates in out of hospital and community settings. And she said, I could actually pull out the data and show you which states have access to meds or not based on their outcomes. Yes. So yes, our outcomes are good. And that's what she said. Virginia looks really good. But they could. but we don't look as good as states that have easy access to meds. Right. And that's a problem.
2: And that's yeah. what we want. We want better. Like right. we can do better. Yeah, so we this can always is what this is going to
3: do. We want to be the best.
2: We want to <laughs> be the best. I know <laughs> I do because I'm very competitive.
3: You
0: are already the You're the best. best. You're the best. now. Well,
3: and there are, you know, I will add that there are some ways, it's not like women that choose out of hospital birth, because I don't want this to see sort of seem like a there's nothing we can do like, about it. oh my it. gosh, right. I was thinking about a home birth, but I hemorrhaged with my first birth, so maybe I shouldn't consider that because my midwives don't have medication. You actually can have medication at your birth. The problem is you have to jump through a lot of ridiculous so many and unnecessary, hoops. costly hoops, mm-hmm. and it's a strain on the system, Medicaid system, it's the strain on our families. I, in particular, serve a really high um, horse and buggy Mennonite population. You know they are having to go through outrageous steps to get access to mm-hmm. these medications, and it's unfair. And it should be simpler. So, you know, I could go into more detail about what they have to do, but you can still have your home birth and have your vitamin K. I so, what, but, what <laughs> yeah. if, but what? But what? But <laughs> right, so you have to give it to yourself, right? <laughs> you have to give it to your baby. I
1: think you should tell tell them what someone might have to do just to get sure vitamin k what yeah. what does your mom have to do to get
0: vitamin k because i think it's important to, to know how ridiculous it is because they're like oh what's it, the
2: problem then
3: okay so you want vitamin k and you're hiring well me you k. want vitamin k and Hi. you're not Hi, and you're a
2: mennonite is that Hi. the scenario kim's a horse and buggy mennonite oh yeah you're a mennonite <laughs> Ooh. okay here i come that's hard to imagine here I come. as you ride my our <laughs> couch do not the like coming on in okay. i
1: don't <laughs> so i would like to use vitamin k at my birth misty how can you do that for me so no but yes <laughs> so i'm gonna well that's confusing could you please elaborate <laughs>
3: <laughs> so because you're a mennonite you don't have internet so i'm going to have to explain to you that i have a provider that you can see who can write the prescription but you're gonna have to then get that prescription filled you're gonna have to take it to a pharmacy you're gonna have to bring it to the birth center when you go into labor and then you're going to have to inject your baby mm. wait wait Let's... wait Mm-mm. misty you know i don't
1: drive Right. So what am I, how am I going to do that? You're
3: going to take your horse and buggy through the CVS drive through
1: <laughs> I want a photo well, of that. Well, that doesn't sound fun to no. me at all. Don't some well, Mennonites drive? Yes. yes, some of them do. They can, they can, those are very is, big blanket but statements. But I don't. She's yes. talking about her clientele who do not drive. We're not right. clumping all Mennonites together. No, I am no, no. one person. I'm and enjoying I, seeing you as a horse and buggy Mennonite person. And I don't drive, so go on. Okay. I'm, I'm taking my horse and buggy through CVS. Right. Gra- well, gotcha. actually,
3: but here's the problem. I forgot you're not taking it through CVS because guess what? CVS won't fill these prescriptions. So, so I this can't. is a barrier. Okay, this is one of the many barriers. We have worked tirelessly in my community to try to find a pharmacy that will stock these meds and they won't and one of the reasons that they won't is because reimbursement is very low because most of these medications have to be bought in cases and if they only sell a few a year then they're throwing out expired medications once the case is broken up they can't send it back to the manufacturer. So the pharmacies in my town will actually not stock these meds because they lose money on them. So this is just one of the barriers and I've actually been on other committees trying to figure out how can we get legal access to these meds. One of them was like going through pharmacies. We're talking about people having to go to specialty pharmacies hours and hours away. We're talking about them having to get it mail ordered. You you know, there's, there's a million barriers to this, right? We found a pharmacy that will fill these prescriptions. That's the hospital pharmacy. Okay, oh so I have to gosh. go to the
1: hospital to get my vitamin K. Yes. And are they going to give that to my baby for me after he is born? No, you
3: have to give it to your baby.
1: You want me to give my baby a shot.
3: Right. Even though you've never given a shot. And I, let's
0: back this up. Say you happen to have a postpartum hemorrhage and you want to get You also have to inject yourself in the thigh right. with Pitocin. So
1: while I'm possibly bleeding to death, you would like me to inject my own thigh mm-hmm. with a medication Well, and if your husband doesn't
3: have a needle phobia, he technically could give it too.
2: So hold on. (laughs) What line is that though? Why can another person give it? Who can my best friend
3: give it to me? Your best friend could definitely give it to you. You know who could give it to you? The FedEx guy.
2: But as long as they're not. I think I'd let the FedEx As long as guy they're not your me.
1: medical provider
3: but at what that if the moment. FedEx
1: guy what if the FedEx gal doubles as a midwife on the side or and has her midwifery license? What if
2: your midwife just decides on a whim that they want to be a FedEx person <laughs> and drop out of midwifery for a moment and then come back and do it? This is bullshit. It. So what you're saying <laughs> is, Misty. Right. Anyone on the
1: face of the planet can inject my body, which by the way, no one else is going to see. Yeah. For the record. So I would like to keep it covered. hmm So someone else is going to have to inject me, Mm -hmm. either myself. But what if I pass out and my husband passes out? Are you going to go out into the community and yell out your door for someone to come
2: and give me a shot? Yep. Also, can we talk about the looks on our... Dad's faces when we talk about what to do if the baby comes quickly. Mm-hmm. Think about how scared they look and overwhelmed they feel. Imagine being like, oh, by the way, if your wife or partner needs an injection, you're also responsible for that.
0: Usually at each birth, at least two birth professionals, medical professionals that are experienced and know how to give injections. Do you know how many oranges
2: we've stabbed to practice? I have have so much practice. I have several
1: Mennonite clients that also happen to be RNs. So they would be fine unless they pass out. In which case, well that's a shame.
2: I'm sorry. I'm an RN. I would much rather stab somebody else with the needle than myself. But it
0: also doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. under the law because when I was fresh out of high school, I got hired as a clinical assistant under a DO and under his umbrella of supervision, I was allowed to draw blood, give vaccinations, mm-hmm. like give
2: shots of vitamin K. Assistant.
0: Like I did all of these things under the umbrella of a DO, mm-hmm. but it's like, why can't a midwife who's also late licensed in the state of Virginia have that umbrella?
3: That's a, that's really a
0: great, great question. question.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's who. What? That's what we're here to try to. Actually, yeah. we're not here to find that out. We're here to ask. We're people. here to change we're it. To pitch mm-hmm. in to change that yes. because we have learned that the consumers are what makes a difference. So we right. know what we need, but those of you who are hiring us need to be the voice of change.
2: So you might have said this already on your website. Do you guys have a petition or something for people to sign? No, we're not doing a petition,
3: but once we, so there will be a find your legislator um, tab that will direct you to entering in your zip code. You can find out who your legislators are, and you can call them and let them know that you want them to support this. Now, a cool thing that's going on for only like, what, 10 more days? No, 14, 13 more days. Currently, our law is in Sunset Review, and so this is an open public comment period where you can go onto the virginia.gov, whatever website. Do you guys link anything on your website? Ah shoot, I need to look up what the We, can put, it is. On we can put it on, on social media. Yeah. Okay. So there's a place where you can go and make a comment for the Board of Medicine to see that says basically when reviewing this law, we want you to consider that CPMs should have access to life-saving standard medications.
2: So there's birth. a potential right now like right in the now. next Action. 2 weeks to Action. open the door to that before you even have to like spend the years getting back into getting this introducing this new law so like hey friends friends of midwives friends of out of hospital birth go on that website do your comments say hey i want to be i want my midwives and virginia to be able to give medications that they are certified to be able to give in the state of virginia And enemies of midwives Because if you think We're so unsafe Then help us
1: get
3: safer Help us be safer
0: Mm -hmm. So we need to go to break I'm going to give A little bit more details About what you can do During the break Um, But then Yeah When we come back We're going to tell Some stories about births That specifically can Were helped by having Life-saving medications Outside Or transferred Because we didn't have them Exactly So let's go to break Cue the music Oh yeah Today's episode is brought to you by the Virginia Midwives for Safe Community Births, and they are supported by the Virginia Birth Center Alliance and the Virginia Midwives Alliance. The Virginia Midwives for Safe Community Births are working hard to change a law that does not allow CPMs to have access to meds that are essential for birth to be safe. They are working really hard to change this law so that CPMs everywhere can help moms have their best birth and their safest birth and have access to the meds that they need when they need them. So listen to the episode, do some of the things that we say, check out the website and see if you can help us gain access to meds so that everyone can have a safer and happier birth. Back to the episode. Welcome back from that delightful break. So uh, delightful. It was so delightful. Oh, shocking!
3: Yo, hey, bitches, you interrupted me. Oh, she <laughs> <knew> like <laughs> I did just now again.
1: She right. never even finished what we what
2: I a Mennonite mom no.
1: specifically has to go through.
3: We right. need
2: like hand signals we, for people who are gas to be like, "Fuck you, right. you skipped me." So so we when left we the buggy buck- in the we interrupted <laughs>
3: the,
0: interrupt-
3: Buggiest Buggiest Buggies still Buggies the wall in the Walgreens. Yes. <laughs>
0: right. We right. interrupt people a lot.
3: Right, so I I was trained but, not to, but
2: I'm going to just start. Doing but I'm going to interrupt you, you
0: again and say oh, yeah. I'm also a big fan of people finishing, so I want you to continue <laughs> the story
2: as long as there's protection involved. Let's clarify. <laughs> did, did I finish first?
0: Okay, no, so, you didn't. You're going to finish last, but you will finish. <laughs> last but not least, but you will finish. <laughs>
3: yeah. We both finish. Okay. So, the Mennonite doesn't have an email address, she doesn't have a way to get on the internet, and the provider will only schedule that way. So, I'm gonna schedule yeah. her appointment, and then because the provider does video chats, teleconference, the Mennonite mother is going to have to just do a phone call. Okay. So, she will have this phone call appointment with the provider. The provider will write the scripts she will go to the hospital pharmacy she will get the prescriptions filled this is after she pays 250 dollars oh just goodness. to have this conversation with the provider to get the
1: prescriptions oh my god! then she's
3: going to go pick up the prescriptions uh probably about a hundred dollars worth of medications which maybe she doesn't use any of yeah so she's now out 350 dollars for a just in case yeah right May not use them. And then what do you do with them afterwards? Give it to your cow? I don't know.
2: <laughs> so. You are so well provided for it, cow. <laughs> you will not have well, your we job. Well, already, we already
0: settled that they don't get you high in but any way. But I was way, just going to so. say, are you
2: sure they don't get people high?
1: Because that was a lot to go no. through no. for a prophylactic drug. I mean, people yeah. if who to get high to I have to go through a lot less... So. To get, high. if I'm going to spend three hundred and
0: fifty dollars, <laughs> I better be getting high, right? Multiple Mon- times in life, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, th- you know what? Moving on. No, yeah. So okay, I spend that at the bar a lot. So but... then, so then I have it. Yeah, no, you don't, because people buy you. But everything. then, who's going to give it to my baby? Then, well, you. Uh. Or maybe your husband.
2: Mm-hmm. If you no. have yeah. One. Right. Nope. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Um, your toddler could give the medication. Wow, mm-hmm. legally. Your cow, your cow could, could give, give the medication. medication.
1: I hear there's an attractive FedEx gentleman yeah. in Yerseburg. The FedEx
0: guy could he give
1: it? He could give me all the shots.
3: So the only <laughs> reason, shot, shot, so the shot, only shot.
0: reason you cannot give the shot is because anyone. In the entire population can give the shot except for you because you're a licensed midwife and you are expressly forbidden from giving the shot. Prohibited. Prohibited. C- correct.
2: For, the, and for the reason for that is is yet to be known. However, we were just talking about like as an RN, if long as a person has a prescription for a med, my license would allow me to give that shot. And even if it was questioned by law, a good Samaritan law would protect me from that. That is uh, debatable
3: in a court of law. <laughs> no, I think that would absolutely <laughs> Most be likely,
1: yes. debatable. And
2: much like the master Bible.
3: De- but and if it was the the Bible a life life-saving medication.
0: Yes. master debatable.
1: <laughs>
3: well, the, the Board of Medicine has kind of clarified that if the, the, the patient, and we don't call our clients patients, but if the patient were to ask for assistance, we
2: may be able to assist them, this but again, that's debatable sort of a, by law, depending who's exactly. making that judgment. Interpretation,
3: right. and and the client has to ask. So the client has to recognize, and this is another crazy thing. We were talking about EBL earlier. We were talking about um that's quantitative estimated blood loss,
0: estimated versus quantitative blood so loss. So the mother
3: would have to know. Oh shit! Let I'm leading to death. Call
2: yes she I'm about to,
3: to die please give me the shot midwife because I'm about to lose consciousness
2: I was gonna say at that point they're already like not able to make those kinds of decisions let alone maybe even communicate so
1: after what you just said of okay I have to be alert and know I'm hemorrhaging I'm bleeding out you're probably telling me that But then I pass out. Mm -hmm. The husband also passes out. Right. Everyone's laying on the floor because (laughs) no one passed out. And you just have to sit there and twiddle your thumbs. So then you, Misty, are forced with a decision. Mm -hmm. Do I give her this life-saving medication and risk my license, or do I let her die? Correct. You've been faced with those kinds of situations. I have. What happened to you because of that? Well, interestingly enough, one of the... one of the stories where I was faced with
3: this, I actually didn't break the law,
1: <laughs> which was, and yet you and still yet, got in trouble. I
3: did. I get. I got punished. So um, I'm famous for a few things, and one of them is the fact that I'm the first and only midwife that I know of in the state of Virginia to be reprimanded for using medications, but I didn't actually use the medication well that
1: sounds confusing it is is. so great does this also involve a a horse and buggy going through a cvs (laughs) it doesn't
3: so this story i will just say that uh in my pursuit of changing the law and it hadn't happened and i finally was like well screw it i'm just going to hire a midwife that can have these medications so you know we're talking about cpms here so i decided to hire a cnm certified nurse midwife who has a different Uh, ability and their uh, their license sir licensure allows them to give these meds education is a different conversation but licensure (laughs) licensure allows them to do it (laughs) so i hired this midwife and i'll say i own a birth center so i'm the boss and i had to pay this person more than twenty thousand dollars a year above what my salary is as the owner in order to have her at my center now I had her Remember solely that when you write my
1: checks, Meredith.
3: Right. <laughs> I hired her just so I could have legal access to meds. So I'm letting you moms know that I lost a lot of money trying to give you the best birth. Right. Well, our interpretation of the law, hers and mine and everyone else's at the time, was that if she wrote prescriptions as a care provider in the practice to our clients, and then gave orders to our students to administer those medications, that we would be following the law. Because I was not personally, as the CPM, carrying, prescribing, or administering. And our law
1: says anyone, well, doesn't say it, but anyone the interpretation can is. give those meds except for you specifically.
2: Correct. So that would include a student. So that's what we thought. And we also How, talk to clients, right, about what meds we have, what's accessible, <laughs> we make a birth plan with them. So it's not even like we're just like, hey, we're giving you this med in the moment. It's, hey, we've already talked about what we have this accessible to you. They may not express permission, but they are aware that that's a choice. And a lot of times they say, oh, I do want that over this well, in a situation. This particular mom actually had a history of heavy bleeding, excessive bleeding
3: after delivery. And so she had previously had home births. She chose to have her baby in the birth center. My birth center is one tenth of a mile from the hospital. You in can, case need see you can to it. literally can, see it. can literally see it from the parking lot. So we had a very clear plan with her. She wanted and consented to active management of the third stage. Mm-hmm. For those of you that don't know, that means getting a shot of petition. Patiss-
2: p- p- That's like I the French patisserie. Patisserie. Patisserie? Patisserie? Um, Especially, patisserie? Patisserie? Um, patisserie? Especially as from Costco. As soon as the baby
3: was delivered. So that was the plan.
2: So you got the consent mom prenatally the and probably right when it was happening too, because we never get meds without. And you paid $20,000 to make sure this was legal. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, exactly. Okay.
3: So the day comes, I'm at the birth, the baby's born, the student gives the shot. Now, sometime later, the mother continued to bleed, and the protocol was we could give the next line of medications, which was Cytotec. The mother got the Cytotec. The mother continued to bleed. We finally convinced her to go to the hospital because she really was resistant to going to the hospital for many, many, many reasons, one of which was no male care providers. So it was very important to her that she only have females. Anyway, we eventually end up at the hospital. By the time she gets to the hospital, this woman has lost so much blood. I'm not kidding. Leaders. Of blood, despite medications. Okay.
1: So scary. So
3: she sits in this hospital, continues to bleed for hours. They give her every medication known
1: to man to stop a postpartum hemorrhage. Did they do anything, like by Did they try to remove clots? Did they go internal? Any of that? <clears throat> Not that I am aware gotcha
3: so she ends up having some blood transfusions she continues to bleed By some, do you mean like 55 just some. Is that like. That well story? at this hospital i don't remember how many blood transfusions she ends up in the end having 55 units of blood that is 55 pints of blood that is like five adults blood volumes going through her so she's not even herself
1: anymore i wonder, no. what, I wonder what that feels like, like. her dna might be if changed. like a vampire yeah, yeah. right Okay, we're way off track. I have to stay out of this conversation. I just
3: need to be very clear that this is many, many hours after we had taken her to the hospital. When she was under our care, she was stable. She was well. She continues to hemorrhage in this environment. Uh, that hospital cannot deal with her they do not have room in their icu they f- air flight her to uva at uva the doctors continue to give her blood transfusions and medications they cannot stop the bleeding they decide to cut her open and do an exploratory surgery because they cannot find the source of the bleeding do
1: you remember how long I was supposed to say how many hours of care before it took was they about cut her open 12
3: hours post delivery good
0: lord
1: <sighs>
3: 12 hours and she
2: crashed on the helicopter like this woman like died and was also, brought back to life what a trooper can we talk about the amount of time that this woman bled for before she crashed like can we talk about how resilient and strong humans are like clearly you need medications situation and transfusions but like holy shit it's shocking like what we yeah, can I feel do. bad complaining Please. about my
1: heavy period today
2: right <laughs> well what's interesting
3: about this story is the medications weren't the solution yeah <laughs>
1: so yeah. but the and point for the record, of it is you never gave a medication i did not you followed your perception Our protocols. of protocols the law of right what it said yeah
3: in the end, though, the first hospital that we took her to, who doesn't like CPMs, decided to file a complaint against my license, because surely like, they felt that it was in some way my negligence caused this woman to... Even were you though, even there?
0: Even at though... The
3: birth? It, you were at the birth. Even though oh, yeah, it continued...
0: Gotcha for 12 10 hours. hours to 10 to 12 hours after you transferred her it still somehow was your fault somehow my fault they couldn't stop it but they it's still up. your fault
3: they made up lies they started saying she had a placenta previa i knew she had a placenta previa but i delivered her anyway they said that i must have done uh fundal pressure because surely a woman doesn't rupture without fundal pressure yeah, cpm well you haven't that.
0: told the s- basis of the story like right, what was actually happening is like a-
3: well, she yeah. Sorry. So she ended up having a uterine rupture, and it was only after they opened her up, they tried to suture it, um, and they couldn't. They ended up actually doing a hysterectomy on this mother,
2: yeah. which is so crazy because I feel like uterine ruptures a pretty quick go to. <laughs> yeah, when you think. see that kind of bleeding.
0: You would think so, but also she was not at risk for uterine rupture. She was, she had never had a cesarean.
2: And we have to acknowledge it's primary birth. And
3: she had had like five previous home births. Yes. You know, this was her sixth baby.
2: Yeah, it's um, a total fluke, but it's still so, a fluke that when you see the signs of, you're like, huh. Well,
3: and we kept saying things at the hospital, like, "Are you sure this is uterine atony? She's four fingers below the umbilicus." Oh my god! Oh yeah!
0: Oh yeah! Oh
3: come! And they're on. like, "No, it was boggy," and I'm like, "It wasn't boggy, bitch. I can see it from here." <laughs> there's uh, there's you bounce a quarter off something that thing. else is happening but anyway long story short you know she has a hysterectomy she's in love with me you know I saved her life in her opinion I love this woman she's okay she's she's uh, she's okay with the fact that she lost her uterus it's sad but she feels like the care she got at Brookhaven and the care that she got you at UVA was the best she is not pleased with the, the care that she got in the the interim So that interim hospital is the one that filed a complaint against me. So I go before the board of medicine and I have to, um, you know, I'm thinking, okay, they're going to ask me all these questions about how it happened and where were the meds. They never actually questioned me, like zero. I got not one question about that birth at all. However... They reprimanded me. And they said they reprimanded me for giving medications. And I was like, but I didn't give medications. And their interpretation of the law is because I was physically present in the room. What? But the CNM who had prescribed and gave the orders to the student was not physically present in the room at the time the meds were given that the student then fell under my licensure and my authority. You can't have it both
2: ways, Right? I know. (laughs) Yeah, apparently
1: you
3: can. Because
2: then technically, wouldn't the CNM be the one? Right. Who would, I'm not saying that's how it should be. No, but, but in that it. isn't the rational thought well, They, they give it? should be accountable, right? But like she shouldn't have, have to be in the room it. either.
1: That doesn't make any it makes sense. No sense. No. So what happened? Oh, so I have a, a ding on my license. I mean, I didn't get in like huge trouble
2: Is or it anything. Like yeah. a, it's like a notch on your lipstick case. Hey?
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like when you're <laughs> when you're accused of cheating after you see right. the hot guy, but you don't do it, but then you get <laughs> accused of it anyway, and you're right. like, fuck it. I might. I as well. should have just <laughs> given the shot myself. <laughs> right?
3: I know this is just like it really bothers me because I really it's it, truth and justice really matter to me personally, and I just but felt but like throwing to a, a lot temper of tantrum. Like, but I didn't give the med. How am I in trouble for I didn't give the med? Yeah, but whatever.
0: And so basically, like, and we could tell a hundred stories about all the births we've been to, where meds either helped save the day or save someone from having something catastrophic happen. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, the basis for it is is that CPMs are trained and licensed and certified to hold and give these meds. Okay, not licensed in Virginia. You're certified and trained to have these meds know when to give these meds and to use these meds mm-hmm. and the fact that you cannot use these meds because of legal loopholes which according to different boards of medicines might look different birth is actually more unsafe than it could be and right. that people are going to continue to use cpms regardless to, regardless right. or
1: actually more and more are using us despite the fact that we Can't legally give meds. And our numbers are just going up.
2: I want to repeat also, we are one of two states only Mm -hmm. in the United States that are not allowed to give meds because of our license.
3: Right, which is absolutely ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. Well, so I've got another funny story if you want to hear one. (gasps) Yes, I do. This is is the one that you were, yes, go. Yeah, So, um, so this story is a story of how, once again, I am trying to give my clients access to medications that they want while also complying with the law. So we had a mother who wanted vitamin K for her baby. So she went, you know, jumped through all the hoops, saw the provider, spent the money, got the prescription.
1: $250.
3: $250. Plus the cost of the prescription. She brings it to the birth. Now, we had known beforehand that her best friend was planning on coming to this birth, and her best friend happened to be, of all things, a NICU nurse. Perfect. Perfect, Fantastic. Right? So the plan was, well, your NICU nurse, Bestie, can give your baby the shot because she gives shots to newborn babies all the time. All day, every day. Right. And the mom was like, all
1: day. (laughs) I could do this all day. All day. Parkour. Go on.
3: So the mom's like (laughs) thrilled that she doesn't have to give her baby the shot. So um, the baby's born. And the newborn exam is happening and the RN gets her golden moment to prove herself. And she's so excited and so nervous. No. What? And she, goes, she was
2: nervous? Oh. She was nervous. But that's <laughs> what she does, right? There's not a lot of things like clicking around me. There's not a lot of alarms and tubes and all right. these things that so <laughs> often make me feel comfortable. Yeah. She's like, do I have to put on gloves?
3: And I'm like, it's up to you, girl. You, you know. do you, do, You, boo. you do you. I, you're not my employee,
2: so I don't have to tell you I if you're wearing have zero, clothes. zero say in what you decide to do right now. Because <laughs> exactly. I legally can't. <laughs> but, <laughs> but
1: also, but also <laughs> could you do that? Because it would make me feel A
3: little bit better. Well, so the story gets real bad because... She, for those of you who know, the way we give vitamin K injection and all injections technically is you have to sort of load the medication into the syringe and then you have to push out air. Yeah. Because you don't want to inject air into a person. Now you guys, the looks on your faces, my, don't worry, she did my, not inject air. Oh my, my uterus
1: just like drops oh i know i got so scared you see
3: this there's like horror
1: movies i love this anticipation that's building right now putting air into someone's
3: iv tube to kill
1: them it actually takes a lot more than that but go on
3: (laughs) don't worry the baby doesn't die in this story but it could have because when she goes to push the air out of the tube she pushes too hard and pushes all of the medication out oh no and it squirts up and is all lost but because I am not licensed to uh, carry this medication, I do not have a backup. She just shot the she
1: medication. She shot it into the air. Just to
2: clarify. <laughs> <laughs> is She used to, like, pre-filled syringes as... Is- the, I mean, even then, though, no, she you was have the, to still clear the air on them.
3: She was actually used to those um, amber glass breakaway oh. ones. Oh, yeah, where you pull it out and put it down. And yeah. we get the preservative-free, pre so yeah, yeah. filled syringes. In any, you whatever. still she the She was nervous air. as hell. I don't know. She shot the vitamin K in the room. It's <laughs> like, like we premature all, shooting, we shooting premature off. premature of vitamin go, K a jet. Oh, oh shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, like, did, did you laugh?
1: No, she looked at us like a deer in the headlights and goes, you have more, right? Yeah, right Yeah, right in the cabinet over there that no. says illegal don't open. No, and it's Saturday, baby. The
3: pharmacy's not open. We're not getting a second refill on this prescription. And the baby's like, an hour old, so what, you got an the baby hour? baby was like two hours. Oh, so you're point. out
1: of time. We're out of time. Out for of time.
3: Evidence-based. So this baby does not get this vitamin K. Granted, the baby did not have vitamin K deficiency bleeding and is still alive, but... It but could But what have if been. it did? Oh, As mean? most oh,
0: babies gosh. that don't get vitamin K will be fine, but it's still a parent's choice if they want to get it, and they should it's, be able to get it that if that they story want to. That still your fault,
1: because if you would have asked the FedEx guy to do it, you probably <laughs> would have done it the right way.
3: I'm just, you know, I'm it's going to be one day, I'm going to get the nerve, and it's going to be like that scene in Ghost, <laughs> and I'm going to be like teaching the FedEx <laughs> guy how to get the
2: shot. Hold <laughs> on, let me <laughs> put my arms around <laughs> you. <laughs> Heather, quick, sing are something. Are you kidding? Do you know what sing FedEx something. people go through? He's gonna be like, "Oh, I have no problem injecting <laughs> somebody with this. I've seen crazier shit than this. I've I have seen on a daily I basis." I imagine
0: this being like the time the hot anesthesiologist walked in while I was doing oh, a hip squeeze, and I was the like, "The hot one
2: that definitely. Oh, Wait, you were not his type, chest, despite what all signs point to. <laughs> Which hospital? All I know is Winchester, that he okay. was beautiful,
0: and he walked in, and I was doing a hip squeeze, and I also, definitely you, was <laughs> you've like, been awake for like. Like
1: three days at that
0: point. He is. I've been what you were his, hot. You were his, hot. Oh, I had been awake for so Everything long. Everything about
1: him and his wife is equally beautiful their kids are stunning like they're just the most be- yep. beautiful humans in the world but i
0: definitely sat up a little straighter squeezed my boobs a little bit more <laughs> and kept on squeezing her hips
2: <laughs> we want to do a series on like what we think we look like and like supporting people in labor like our tits oh, are out and our ass. oh i just out. got some pictures how we of like really look in labor and it's like, not so much. <laughs> he,
1: ins- he inspired that though. yes so Okay. Can I ask you how many times you've been reprimanded for things that are completely normal occurrences in labor and delivery?
3: Well, so this is that reprimand came with a second reprimand the same time. So I, <laughs> this makes me sound really bad. I promise you guys, I'm a really good midwife. No, no. If, you, if my clients want to ask I'm me, sorry, but being the reprimanded hard for
1: vitamin K does not make you a bad right? midwife. You were well, trying to give them access to a medication. That one was pit and psycho. But <laughs> again, <laughs> it's safe. Don't come to my birth without that. Right. Don't do it. Right. Because, you
3: know, and there's some things like, yeah, there's actually some midwives who are like, oh, you are medwives if you use those things. There's yes. tinctures for that. And yeah. you cause the hemorrhage. I'm telling you right now, there's not a single tincture out there that replaces rogam. Nope. There's not a tincture out there for
1: lidocaine. No.
3: <laughs> Wait,
0: seaweed doesn't <laughs> oh, work. We, didn't, we also <laughs> didn't talk about that. That also covers lidocaine so that if you need to have your Vagina
2: stitched up. You for a first or second degree, which we are both certified and licensed to do. So I'm allowed to suture your
1: vagina. I just can't numb you. Can't give you meds
2: to numb you. Oh my god,
1: you can. You just have to inject your own vagina with that. Right? Can you imagine it? And by the way, make sure you don't (laughs) plunge it into a vessel because if a little bit of lidocaine shoots through your heart, you might not be in a good state of mind. Right. Just saying.
3: There's no longer a baby in the way, so you know it should be easy, right? (laughs)
1: <laughs> to inject your labia with can lidocaine Can
3: you imagine you just it?
2: birth? I tried to pierce my own so belly button once. You're not gonna put anything out. in your vagina for six weeks, but you do need to shove this syringe in your labia right. right now. Right now. Using this mirror, which or, I will hold for you. My brain bite a
3: stick and just deal with the pain. Oh, my God. Bite a stick. Bite a stick, y'all. No. Can I drink the new hashtag
1: for midwives? (laughs) Bite a stick, y'all. I'm going to call it Western midwifery or something. Wild, wild west
3: midwives. Because
1: (laughs) I'm going to make that one of our new shirts. Bite a stick, y'all. Misty Ward. (laughs) Hashtag (laughs) legalized meds for midwives. I
0: want to do it to this tune. But a sticks, suture perineum. <laughs> what? What? No, that's not gonna work. <laughs> that was a stretch. That was. I really liked like like a perennial
1: stretch. Like a perennial. Stretch. I've had a
0: really long day, guys. So, yeah. So, oh, Jess has a job now. <laughs> Too. So oh, hard. she works now. She's has the hard of <laughs> benefits. <laughs> 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 so, it is time to wrap up this episode like a dioc. Um, I'm not gonna say so it. is there anything else that we feel it's important to cover other than mm. it's absolutely ludicrous that you guys don't have access to these meds and it's ludicrous for the parents. It's ludicrous for it's everything it, d- it makes it no sense, make sense at all
3: it makes no sense well and I, yeah i want to like not necessarily focus on the midwives like obviously we don't want to break laws and we don't want to lose our license and we're like working really hard for 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 the clients yes because honestly we can do births without these meds right like we could say just bite a, it bite a, bite a
1: stick y'all
2: i ain't
3: gonna or lose go my to license we are like, working really hard to make birth better for the yeah. for the moms and so we need the moms to come out and also demand that they get
1: the meds because the consumers will make the change
3: the or that they Always have do.
0: the option to have the meds if they need them, because, like right. you said, there are tinctures that can help if you're having a postpartum hemorrhage. And for some people, you give a tincture and it works. I've worked right. with lots of midwives who use tinctures, but ultimately, at the end of the day, if the tincture doesn't work, Pitocin usually works better. Amen.
1: I would like for you to skip the tincture personally. For me, if I ever start to hemorrhage, but
0: there's a lot of people who don't feel that way. I know. Right.
1: I'm just saying, for me, if I have another baby it'd start to bleed out, I Wait, would... are you
0: still the alter ego that you were in the story earlier, or are you now coming in? Now, what alter ego? The Mennonite chick you were earlier. Oh. <laughs> She wants the tinctures if that's the case. (laughs) If
3: I if I were still
1: my alter ego, I would ask for the tinctures and I'd bite a stick, y'all. But for me personally, I I like meds. Yeah. 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 She likes drugs. I like drugs. So prefers
0: the injectables. (laughs) So to wrap this up, CPMs in Virginia should have access to use life-saving medications. Or not even life-saving medications just that midwives
2: in like, forty other states have access to.
1: We're not exactly. trying to induce or augment labor in any way. We're yes. just trying to make birth safer.
0: Right. Yes, and, and the baby pleasant. safer and more pleasant. after and future pregnancies. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Like these meds are not. It's this is it's insanity that it hasn't happened. It's,
3: There are a lot of midwives that are very concerned that opening up our law, because that is required to change our laws to open it, is that they might place some other restrictions on us. And we are very happy with our law. We love our freedoms. You know, CPMs can do VBACs. We can do twins. We can do breaches. We have a lot of autonomy, as we should. You know, Virginia is a leader in the country yeah. of good midwifery laws. So we
0: can do all those things. And more. But we and can't more. put erythromycin in, in your baby's tiny, eyes.
3: tiny little caveat of not having the medication. So to yeah. me, I'm extremely confident and optimistic that we are going to go before the legislation. This is going to be the biggest bipartisan, common sense, no pushback law because you look like a real asshat if you are against this law. Yes. <laughs> Love it.
0: So what is the call to action? The call to action is moms out there
1: go to the website that Misty is going to remind us about. Yes. So
3: tell
0: r-
1: tell sorry. Go. No, oh,
3: Virginia org. You can also join. There's a nonprofit, VFAM, Virginia Families for Access to Midwifery. Yeah, you're also welcome to donate to the Virginia Birth Center Alliance or the Virginia Midwives Alliance. Just put in the like note that it's for this legislation. But VirginiaMidwife.org, VirginiaMidwife.org. Yes.
2: (laughs) And
0: stating that you want your midwives
2: to be able to have access to medications that they are certified to provide. Tell your
0: politicians that. Show up if things start to move forward. Show up at the places where it's happening so that people can see that moms and families want midwives to have access to this. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it all, to the legislators who may or may not be listening to this, you're probably not, but it doesn't make any sense. And um, don't be an asshat. Ready? Don't, don't be, be, an be an asshat. asshat. And the only other thing we have to say is cheers. Cheers.